0: Six months in the big city And it's not going like my vision board Said it would I know I should see people when I get like this But it's 275 each way Taller pizza, wounded lion Then I finally Make me leave my pet. At night I run to the hill For trial and I stand Make me say to me, I love you, 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 and again. I love you, 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 and again. be blessed.
1: Welcome to another episode of Anger Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. It feels like this week was a blur between the incredible new music releases and this news cycle, everything going on in the world, but I think in spite of that rush, there's so many moving pieces that you can kind of watch out for a spot and focus on, like folks campaigning... Bands playing awesome DIY spots, artists sharing their collective efforts all around, and there's so many neat community-based projects that I'm continuing to learn about that are in different cities that really keep me motivated and the artists behind them. And this week's guest has such a neat one alongside his own music, too. Um, This week, I'm joined by Victor, who goes by Prince Johnny in his mixed-genre project, Victor has focused on writing music that speaks to his experiences in moving to New York and his identity, too. He's found community in New York through his project, The Troubadour Lounge, which gathers LGBTQIA artists and gives them a space to perform and collaborate while fundraising for charity. Victor joins this week to talk about experimenting with sound, making a home for himself in New York, how he's taught himself artistry his goals as an artist and with the Troubadour Lounge, uh, finding his community, and so much more. So with that, let's listen to more music by Prince Johnny and then hear from Victor.
0: It's getting, getting late, and I'm much too proud to crawl. He built and built me up, but didn't stay to watch me fall. Some people just can't stand to see the mess they make. They make. I keep on, keep on giving you the benefit of the doubt. Fool me once, to fool me twice, to fool me three times, I figure you out. I just never thought that I could be so. Vulnerable or gullible I overanalyze Believe in sloppy lies I need to say God
1: music of the indie rock persuasion how are things in brooklyn and with you
2: things are great in brooklyn and things are pretty good with me
1: that's awesome hey i'm glad to hear that and stuff are you staying warm up there i know it's pretty cold
2: um not really (laughs) (laughs) i have like there's always a reason or like there's always like a show to go to and i think it's that like dangerous type of weather where it's not quite freezing, so you feel confident enough to put on, like, your cool jacket as opposed to your winter jacket. Because, <laughs> like, the, st- the fashion is very important. The style is always important. I hate having to put on my, like, ugly winter jacket. So I put on my cool jacket, and then, of course, I'm freezing all the way
1: home. I, <sighs> I You know what? That's that's a mood because, I mean, I'm here in Florida, but whenever we get those, like, random chill spells where suddenly it's, like, dipped into the 30s, You have to do layers because it'll be like 75 degrees in a couple hours because florida's weird and it's like i can't coordinate an outfit around like eight layers
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah. you start losing pieces around the city
1: i've done that (laughs) i've legitimately done that that's wild (laughs) oh my gosh but i like your fuzzy sweater that's really awesome
2: Thank you. This is kind of, like, my thing. I have a bunch, I have, like, these furry pants that make me look like a centaur they're gray. <laughs> I have, like, a red version of this. I, I kind of have this dream of making my merch, just all of this fuzzy clothing and then calling my fans my Muppets. I'm like,
1: That's beautiful. I see that. <laughs> that is my favorite. I love this idea so much.
2: I like
0: to
2: be, I like to be cozy. I like... My my dream, I think I read this somewhere. My dream is to be the coziest bitch on the planet. <laughs> and I think change that.
1: I, I believe in you. And I love the idea of cozy being like the aesthetic of a freaking artist fandom. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so stoked to hear that. Well, I'm really excited to dig into everything you're working on. Um, but 1st it's kind of like time travel for a minute. How did you first begin to like play and make your own music?
2: Like all of the stories about me when I was little all, all kind of revolve around me singing in public <laughs> and like a lot. So like since I was, like it's always been a part of my life to be singing. Like there's this one story where I was, my family is from uh, Soviet Belarus. Um, wow. And there's a song called, and it means, like, forgive me, my blonde, like, forgive me, my blonde girl. (laughs) (laughs) And I just have all these stories of me just, like, going around singing that everywhere. And then when I got a little bit older, I heard Everybody Dance Now, that, that, like, disco track. And I was known to just, like, belt that wherever I went. (laughs) It's, like, very kind of, uh, it's, like, so queer looking back at it, like, Obviously. Um, so yeah, I I always loved singing and I was like the most excited kid in the school choir in like elementary school. Um, and when it comes to actually having a relationship with music that started more like, it was pretty late for me, honestly, like early middle school, maybe late elementary school. Um, I found my sister's Music and it was like regina specter and the Dresden Dolls, Amanda Palmer, and I was so freaked out by that music. <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh, Evanescence too, and it just kind of it freaked me out, and I I didn't understand that you could sing about stuff like that, and it just kind of stuck with me a lot, and I would just listen to that music, especially the Dresden Dolls' first album. A lot. Um, and then as I got older, I started playing piano actually with YouTube Regina Spector tutorials.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, like because she has a really kind of a good breadth of difficulty of piano playing in her music. So some of them are pretty simple. And there's this girl, her name is Muse Chick on YouTube. She still makes videos, and she, the video is like literally her hand. And she's like, put your pinky on this one. This note is the C. And I just kept watching those. And I I I just kept doing it and because I, I loved it. And eventually I got to the point where I could play a bunch of Virginia Specter songs. And then I started writing music from there. And then I also play guitar. I guess I'm I'm fair at guitar right now. My friends are saying I'm getting pretty good at it. So I guess I can say and fair, and that also, um, I'm learning on my own.
1: That's so cool, well thank you Regina for helping make all this happen for us, that's for sure. Totally
2: dude, she's like she's like my mom, you know, like we're both Russian, I I, I love her, I love James Vector.
1: That's so awesome, and for you to have that kind of connection then, to literally see somebody on YouTube pressing the keys that you could just adopt in that way, that's so cool. And you were able to teach yourself, which is amazing. At what point did you kind of start writing your own music?
2: That was, I remember clearly it was freshman, it was summer before freshman year of high school. Um, And I fell in love with my best friend, as you do (laughs) as a queer kid in high school. And um, I remember before that I was so kind of, Frustrated by the idea of songwriting. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that the people I loved most were all songwriters, but it seemed like I hadn't been anointed to do it. Like I was not chosen to do it. And I remember seeing these interviews of Alanis Morissette and she would talk about, she knew that she needed to do another album when she couldn't get her own songs out of her head when she was walking around her house. Mm -hmm. How they would, the melodies would just fly in and I was like, nothing's flying into my head. <laughs> I was like, God damn, like, this sucks. Like, why, why can't I do it? Like, it was so frustrating to me. Now, of course, I understand that it's a skill just like any other, and you have to set up your brain to be able to receive those melodies and those ideas. And, and nowadays it happens. But back then, what kind of jolted me into it was, you know, writing this really angsty, like piano punk ballad about my best friend who I was in love with.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. How did you kind of start to train your brain in that way to like write music and stuff? Because you're right, it is a skill and it's something that everybody kind of practices at some point to kind of unlock those parts of themselves.
0: I,
2: I think that, so... I have to give credit to the Artist 's Way by Julie Cameron. Have you heard about that?
1: no, I haven't, but that sounds amazing
2: yeah, so it's basically it's it's basically twelve step for creatives, mm-hmm. and it's like um a week by week program where they were Julia Cameron, the author. She basically goes with you from concept to concept. And it kind of unlocks your brain to be able to be creative. Uh, And it comes from this belief that everyone is really creative and everyone has something to say, but most people just have these really powerful sensors Mm -hmm. within them that are stopping them. And, you know, it it happens in everyday life. If you want to say something, then you stop yourself. And especially with being creative, there's so much pressure we put on ourselves and, we don't allow anything to come out and we, we don't lo- allow anything to grow. And so I was writing here and there and I think that I was able to do that stuff because I just listen to so much music. And I think the way that I listen to music is very, um, like I'm always kind of studying music. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I love music that I can, think about what has happened like Fiona Apple for example like I love listening to her music because there's always a turn of phrase that will catch me there's always uh, a strange chord progression she's using all of these like six chords like I went on an ultimate guitar to try to learn one of her songs I was like what's a six chord who's using six chords Fiona Apple. but yeah I, I think that I was really stuck and i was really stubborn i could only write and like i was saying before i could only write in really like emotionally um powerful times because i was so emotional that it was able to kind of cancel out the censor and it was kind of able to like block him out because i just needed to write but i don't think that that's a sustainable way to write i think that it's kind of you can't you can't go through your life just waiting for these things to happen to you where you need to write i think if you want to be professional and kind of respect like to respect the music and to respect the art Mm -hmm. you have to acknowledge the things within you that are censoring you and really have faith that you already have everything you need inside of you that was that was the thing that was hardest for me to understand I was always like how can I learn more how can I hear more how can I train myself more so that what I have to say is actually valid what I have to put out is actually good and I it was this kind of like cycle that never ended because if you think that way you're never going to be good enough what you say is never going to be especially if you're not actually practicing because that's also how you actually get better is by actually doing it Mm -hmm. I think that once I accepted that the stuff inside of my heart already was valid and and my job was just to open the channel and to and to allow it to come out and to not be so freaked out about judgment that was really when things got started for me
1: that's amazing and that's so like powerful just when you think about it it's like of course artistically that's powerful but personally that has to be powerful too like probably did a lot for like your confidence and your self-awareness too.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I could not start my music career without confronting myriad things about me as a person that I had been kind of ignoring or, or skirting around. You know, so many ideas around self-worth and and confidence and risk and and fear and anxiety i had to really come into conversation with it and and honestly i think that a lot of the time when you first enter those conversations with yourself it's kind of debilitating mm-hmm. and it can go up and down and you're just allowing all of these things into the room and it kind of it it gets you sometimes it 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 defeats you sometimes and i think that that is really just part of the game.
1: Yeah, I can imagine so. And you know, it kind of, uh, some people have referred to like creating art is like, you know, it's kind of a therapy in a way of like you being able to kind of confront these things and these experiences and parts of yourself when you do create certain pieces of art. Some of it's obviously like can be and can be upbeat and uplifting, but sometimes you're also confronting parts of yourself that are just coming out in the form of this art. So that's amazing that you unpack that.
2: Yeah, I mean I sometimes I wish I could just write like Mambo number no. five songs. <laughs> 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 that would be like so much fun because you know I I, I do consider myself like not really a, a dark person. Like I love to laugh and I love to celebrate, but I think that at, at a certain point I just kind of stopped questioning it.
0: Mm-hmm. At
2: a certain point I was like, this is the music that I write. I don't need to understand why, but when I go to write, this is what is going to come out, and and you could say like, well, well, that's because you listen to like Dresnells and Amanda Palmer and Mitski and Perfume Genius and Saint Vincent, but then it's like, well, why was I listening to them? Why did I get stuck on them? It's because like that's that's what my soul wants. Like that's what my brain is, is to like, it's to live in those realms and to, and to, to go inside of myself and, and be a pearl diver and like, see what I can find.
1: Well, you've dug up some great stuff. That's for sure. Um, at what point did you start Prince Johnny?
2: Uh, that was, uh, August, 2017.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. What um what motivated you to start that specific project?
2: Um so Saint Vincent is is like my everything. And this the stage name actually comes from one of St. Vincent's songs. Yeah. Off of a her eponymous album. Um all of my favorite people had stage names, and I I was really attracted to the idea of it because I also come from the theater. I, I did a bunch of theater in, in college and middle school. And I really like the idea of making making things larger than life, exaggerating things, and kind of lying in a sense to ultimately tell the truth. And I don't think that that's the only way to tell the truth. But for me personally, that's my favorite way to get it. You know, when you think of the, the Freddie Mercury and, and David Bowie and and people that really can be larger than life and extravagant and, and characters
0: mm-hmm.
2: that was so fun to me. And and kind of it also allows me to have a little bit of distance from the project because <laughs> I I talk about a lot of stuff that I'm not necessarily proud of, you know, stuff that a lot of the, t- all of the songs that I've put out, after I finished writing them, I'm like, shit, that's like so embarrassing and awful that I'm like this and I don't want anyone to know this. But then they don't leave my head and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I have to put this out. <laughs> but if it's funny, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, not, that's not me. That's, that's this character. And like, you, no one has to know actually what is me, even though most of it all is. <laughs>
1: that's true it kind of lets you kind of separate every now and then that way where it's like you can kind of place this all under Prince Johnny and then whenever you need space from it you can have that yeah that's so cool um so uh you play with a lot of variety of sounds with your music like it's I I, I'm amazed because some of it is you know simple kind of like keys and rhythm it feels like with songs like laugh at the void sometimes you get really playful it feels like an energetic with songs like gullible like how, um, how how do you kind of describe your sound is it just something that's like from song to song almost or how do you put that together
2: i um thank you thank you for listening so intently to my to my songs i appreciate it um so i I really try to respect the song itself mm. I, I try to separate it from the, the the lyric is the most important part to me mm-hmm. the lyric is how I tie everything back to my original mission and kind of what I'm trying to say and and to keep things cohesive um, and that honestly happens pretty subconsciously. I think I'm always pretty much on my line when I'm writing. I I kind of don't think I really have a choice. But once I know that that is in line with the Prince Johnny thing, I do let the songs just kind of turn into what they want to be. And I think that this is one of the first times in history that musicians have the most leeway to do it. Lizzo had this tweet that she put out and she was like, I am so happy I never decided on a genre because genre is dead. Like genre is over. And I think that musicians that stuck to genres, not all of them, but I think that it was much more commercially viable to stay within a certain sound. And because of capitalism and and record labels and stuff like that, it was really like, discouraged for artists to do that even when they maybe might have if they had more freedom um and I think that because of that you're hearing a lot of these artists with much more diverse sounds and much more freedom and I know that it's not everybody's cup of tea to have like a different sound for every song but that's the kind of music I like Mm -hmm. and I I enjoy I mean I'm really at the point especially with production where I'm just experimenting I'm trying to have fun and so if I if there's something like laugh at the void where I'm like I want this to be like this dystopian kind of strange world and I want I want the voice to be right next to your ear and I want the drums to be all the way down the street (laughs) (laughs) and I want to know what that feels like and then I have a song like Stupid Sex, which is this kind of like electro pop meltdown that really is like Sophie inspired actually. I was listening to a lot of Sophie during that time. Yeah, I just try to I I want to have fun with it. If if I'm not having fun when I'm producing or if I don't think it's cool, then what's the point?
1: Right, that makes complete sense, and, like, I love that you mentioned these other, like, kind of, like, established artists who are out there that are kind of saying, like, we're done with genre, we're just going to do whatever we want to make. Like, I think that that's so crucial, and that's kind of an exciting trend to kind of see start to happen, and I think it should have been there all along, but it's really cool, because I think about, like, Lizzo, and, like, even Kesha did that a couple years ago in ways that were just, like, I felt, like, groundbreaking, where it's, like, I could be listening to a rock song in like you know the first two minutes but then I could immediately be digging into something that's like really soulful or something that's very like just straight up art music mm-hmm. is what I would almost describe because it's like you can't pigeon in in any possible hole possible it's just it's it's amazing and I, I appreciate that about your music because I felt like I was going on like a different adventure with each song cool yeah, I, I like that you described like Laugh at the Void as dystopian because that was kind of what I started to picture at one point, like almost like this otherworldly experience where you had to kind of like embrace this kind of state.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that song is very like zoom out for me. I feel mm-hmm. like in a lot of my songs, I can uh, paint these moments in time and, and be um, very like focused. But with Laugh at the Void, I, I wanted to it's the first track in in my upcoming EP and I I wanted it to just kind of set the scene for this little Prince Johnny world.
1: I like it and it feels like with all the music that you have put out it's kind of like we um we zoom in and out of like what I would almost describe as like places within that world because like uh that's that's why I kind of liked even Gullible a lot too because like the energy about it was very unique at one point I felt like it was almost like um Going on like a, oh, I, 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 for some reason, my brain just pictured this like parade of like showcasing your emotions. And like, <laughs> sometimes we have these moments of vulnerability, and you know what? I'm just gonna wear them. And I thought that was really freaking cool. Was that something you were gonna go in for there?
2: Yeah, I mean, my early drafts of that song are like, <laughs> the <laughs> tempo was way slowed down. It was like in a much lower key. And it's this kind of like, it was this like sad folk song it was like, it's getting, getting late, and I'm much too proud to grow, like, because when I wrote it, I was, like, fucked up, (laughs) like, it was, it was, it was my first breakup, I was so bitter, and so, like, astonished that, that, like, I could be treated this way, it was, like, uh, oh my god, but, um, after I had some time away from it and after I kind of looked at what the song actually was and, and was working with my producer, I was like, I feel like this it could be more powerful if it's like the words are still there and the intention is still there. But it's kind of like, it's kind of winking. Mm-hmm. It's, kind of, it's kind of like, I'm still emotional and I'm still letting you have it. But like, I am owning it. And I'm having fun despite.
1: Yeah, it feels like you really did in that way. And it's like I feel like it was almost one of those moments where it's like I, I felt like you did almost this like playful shrug off of the experience and you know what, that's okay. And I know it takes a lot to kind of come to that space whenever you do have a moment where you felt like you were gullible, that, like you know, you felt like he kind of fell for some stuff and I thought that was just really interesting and I want to like see it in the background of like a cheeky indie movie really badly
2: oh well literally it is, is <laughs> it? my what? Yeah, I just, yeah I actually just got paid for it a couple of weeks ago it's gonna be in this uh, feature film
1: what the fuck did I call it or what oh my god that's so wild
2: <laughs> yeah it's gonna be they're actually using two of my songs um <gasps> And they're not they're not just gonna be like in the background like there's a this sounds so like weird as i said but there's like a character based off of me mm-hmm. and he's gonna be like singing two of my songs and one of them is gullible
1: that's amazing i love that well congratulations that's so cool thank
2: you, so thank you.
1: wow that's amazing i don't know how i managed to like pick up on that happening but that's that's amazing it's I literally found myself listening to this song I was actually driving around this morning listening to it again and I'm just like this belongs in a movie
0: <laughs> hey
2: yeah I mean there's I'm really grateful for it because like I think that it could be a good way for me to actually like start making more of a living but but I have a bunch of film friends and like I think four of my songs have already been used for different projects that my friends have and that makes me really happy that people can, you know, get a mood from it and, and want to put it in their work.
1: Right. That's an amazing crossover to have between like art forms too. And yeah, I feel like your music is connective in that way that it could fit in like just an additional piece to a storytelling bit. Cause there's your music is stories to me.
2: Yeah. I thank you for saying that. I like, like I said, like lyric is number one one for me, and I, I just, I love, it's it strange to me, as I started to study songwriting more,
0: mm-hmm.
2: there were these concepts that a lot of these teachers were throwing around that storytelling songwriting is kind of dying, and not really that prevalent, and at first when I heard that, it kind of confused me, I was like, how can music not be storytelling, and to be completely honest, I don't think I fully, I think it is still kind of confusing to me. Um, I, when I think about it too much, I just get upset, and I'm just like, picture just like, write how you want (laughs) to (laughs) write.
1: That's probably the best way to think of it, honestly. I don't think storytelling or songwriting is remotely close to ending. I mean, maybe on like the mainstream pop level, but.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, like
1: pop stuff. Yeah, because a lot of it's very um, generalized, and it's intentional. It's for a lot of people to consume it. But like, you know, independent music in particular, I think it's thriving. I mean, especially whenever people find whether it's personal antidotes or something they read about and they write a whole song surrounding it, you never know. And it's, I I don't know, it's, I feel like the soundscape is broad enough right now to where you can be a storytelling songwriter and it works just as well as somebody who does kind of like uh, um, wax generalities too. Yeah. No, but I, I really love what you're doing. And, like, whenever you sent over um, Fort Tryon, I thought that was an amazing song. It felt like um, such, almost like a moment of storytelling, but it was so personal, too, because you unpack some things, like, you know, this whole, like, forcing a new change. Was this song kind of written around your move to Brooklyn?
2: Actually, my move to New York in general.
1: Oh, okay, cool. I
2: was I was living in in Manhattan first which was you know my first problem <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah Manhattan's a, a lot
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, my, my I, li- I died my friend last week she told me like the what she calls it like her nickname for it and she was like oh work island
1: <laughs> it's true though oh my gosh yeah and that was like your first place of um of living at that point in New York which makes sense and then like um, I just like the details that you you slip in there, like the whole needing to see people, but there's a cost associated with it and everything. I mean, it's not cheap to get around all the time with unless you have like a decent cost of living, you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I was in Washington Heights mm-hmm. and that is all the way up Manhattan. It's it's pretty much like the northern tip.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it I mean all of, a lot of those, a lot of the lyrics were kind of tongue-cheek because you know 275 it isn't a lot but but honestly there were points where it was too much but there were other points where it wasn't too much but i could spin it to be too much and that's kind of that's kind of what i was trying to get at like when i did first get to new york i came from being a senior in college and i was like on top of the world. I felt so good when I was senior in college. I was directing shows and I had a really good friend group. And in getting to New York, I just it was very humiliating and and humbling. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And in my experience, um the onset of like the mental illness that I that I experienced was this kind of like slow creep up where just things start becoming more and more, the, the threshold of like what is difficult starts getting lower and lower. Whereas before it's like, oh, like I don't have the energy to go all the way to like Kips Bay, or I don't have the energy to like go, you know, see my friend in this other place. As As it gets worse, the easier and easier things become also too hard. You know, it's too hard to go down the street to go to the dentist. Well, the next couple of weeks, now it's too hard to go outside. Now it's too hard to cook to myself. I have to eat dollar pizza every day. And, you know, now it's too hard to even get on the subway because I can't imagine spending Mm $2.75. Yeah, that, you know, it's
1: interesting how... um your song really explores the way that things can become difficult and stuff. And I think it's beautiful in the part where you start to describe kind of like, make me say to me, I love you. And the way that you say that, it's just like, it's a, it feels like it's almost like a mantra that you're trying to give yourself to kind of push through these experiences. So that something you were trying to kind of convey there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, this one is actually, uh, pretty literal. Mm It, I, I, there was one night where i was just kind of um like paralyzed with with a lot of anxiety and and a lot of just neurosis and and i and i just didn't know what to do i know that i knew that a lot of it was just coming from an absence of love for myself and i knew that that was that was the path. That's what I should be doing. That I kn- I knew I did enough. Like I don't know. I heard enough like astrology ladies on YouTube tell me that that was like, the core of getting out of everything, and I believed it. But I didn't know how to do it. You know, it's like people always telling you like, be yourself. Be yourself. How do you do that? <laughs> like, can you give me a step by step?
0: Yeah. And
2: you know, when you're in that state, it's 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 even harder to understand how to start and understand like what you actually have to do. And also it takes time. And when you're in that state, you're not patient and you just want it now and you just want to be out of it now. And so I did, I, I just kind of like put on my sneak and down to this, um, there's like a, a, a flagpole at this like beautiful park. In Washington Heights, and the park is called Fort Tryon, and and I just kind of stood there, and I just said it over and over and over again, and and it it was really it was really embarrassing, and it and I knew it was sad, and and it was kind of hopeful. I I just didn't know what else I could do, and. Um, I think that, for me at least, that that is what I needed to kind of acknowledge in me that I needed to, I needed to put more attention to this. I needed to actually take action and acknowledge and that I I needed to help myself.
1: It's beautiful that you did. And like the fact that you were able to express this in this art, it just, it's, it's powerful. And, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with this, whether it's in big city living or um, coping with things like depression in general, it's, it's important to be able to kind of like convey this kind of experience because it'll help people kind of like acknowledge that within themselves or like, even just um see the way that somebody else has kind of um addressed it you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: I thought that was yeah. crucial
0: yeah
1: thank you
2: for saying that because you know because there's still a part of me that is like you know everyone's like you know confidence is key like present confidently I'm like oh my new song is all about how I hate myself shit <laughs> <laughs>
1: what is it they say like admitting is the first step or something or like totally (laughs) sometimes you just got to get that out of yourself
2: yeah and thankfully like i am in a different place now Mm -hmm. and and that was you know three years ago and that idea that it really could help people that's what keeps me going
1: that's so awesome and I, i love that and i'm really glad to hear that um You know, you you share so much in your music and I think it's beautiful, but um, what is something you really want your listeners to get out of your music?
2: I want people to feel validated in any emotion they have. I want people to not be ashamed of anything they've done or felt or thought. I think that the core of a lot of my music comes down to shame and the how toxic that is and how debilitating that can be and I want I want people who hear the music and hear the words to be like oh I did that too or, oh, I felt that too. And and for them, and for me to be who I am, and still have done those things, and still have felt those things, and still have gone through that things, but still be where I am, I want them to, to feel like they can do it too. And like nothing, I think of this Perfume Genius song, Perfume Genius is my number one. Um, it's called Normal Song, and the song is just basically about like, like, no matter what violence you've gone through, no matter what secrets you have, like nothing can darken your heart or, or tear it apart. It can poison your voice. And I i want people to know that. I want people to feel that, like no matter. <laughs> I'm like choking up. Ah. <laughs> like no matter what your life has put you through, no matter what you've done, like you are still golden inside like you are still good and you are still worthy of anything and
0: everything
1: oh my gosh that's gorgeous and i appreciate that sentiment so much and i i know that i can feel that in your music i hope so many more people do going forward as you grow as an artist too that's so amazing
2: thank you thank you so much
1: yeah of course and like i feel like you put yourself out there in really positive ways and stuff i mean uh, the video you have out there for like Fort Trion and stuff, it felt like, you know, we really got to see parts of you and the way that you live and stuff. And then, um, you also, <laughs> my like
2: busted ass
0: room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's just that that was really nice, just the way that you kind of put Thank yourself you. out there. Yeah. What was it like for you making that video and putting all that together?
2: I want to shout out uh Danielle Hope Diamond of Epic Media. Um she is a good friend of mine from college and a fierce supporter of rising artists and she really she she pushed me and she she got me she she also did theater with me and she kind of she got me into the mental headspace of of the song and and helped me kind of remember and tap into why I wrote it and where I was when I wrote it which is always really helpful when this camera is around everything um, making it was was actually pretty fun I mean the the first day we were just in my apartment and we didn't quite have a plan I knew I knew that the song the song is you know it's very emotional to me and I think it is, even though I think it is ultimately hopeful, I think it is, it's pretty sad.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I did not want the video to be three minutes of Victor frowning.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but
2: I wanted, I think something I am really drawn to in art is the mid between something really dark or twisted with something really beautiful and happy. Yeah. and showing how those things can exist together and kind of inform each other and like insult each other and challenge each other and I, I feel like that is something that I also want to come out in my music. And so we talked about ways to kind of show that in my personality and when we got here, we just kind of saw all of my like ridiculous um, secondhand store clothes that I've bought for performances and she's like what do you do when you're about to go to a gig and so I just showed her and I threw all my stuff on my bed and started trying different things on and to me it also became kind of like a love letter to the start of my career Mm -hmm. to the start of my first year's and to show the kind of the unease and the uh, the doubt and kind of oh I put this on I'll put that on and and struggling to even you know go to your first open mic and um you know there's shots of me just like smoking a blunt on my porch and eating Tostitos with spinach <laughs> dip like <laughs> <this is> my <laughs> happy place um, and oh and then the the infamous among my friends, the pregnancy test.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> like I'm like, well like, may I ask you, well, how did you interpret that?
1: I didn't really know what to think of. I thought it would, I took it as a little bit more just like a, a comedic moment myself, but like I I just kind of went with it as like, yeah, you know, like Victor's just here with a pregnancy test. Cool. And <laughs> I just kept going with it. I think um I I don't really know how to say I really reacted to it. I think I was so caught up in so many of the different moments and the way that they were kind of like, kind of letting me get to know you that I just kind of was just like, oh yeah, that's part of it, I guess. (laughs) How did your friends respond to it?
2: (laughs) um, Some of them were very confused. Some of them completely got it. Um, And... Well, it's funny because like for me, there's there's two layers of it. Like the topmost layer is really just going into that kind of like humor thing. And it's kind of a nod to this hyper realism we've seen in media around things like girls mm-hmm. and and how like we really get like an insight and in do kind of the 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 humor comes from, you know, a, doing a pregnancy test and how, you know. Um but the deeper meaning for me honestly is during during that that early time when i was when i first got to new york and i was really struggling um like hypochondria anxiety specifically about hiv was something that was controlling my life Mm -hmm. like i remember waking up with like swollen lymph nodes and being like this is a symptom like this is how blah 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 and like being so i just remember being i couldn't move i was like under my sheets and i just couldn't move i was so scared and freaked out and you know all of this comes back to shame and all this comes back to that kind of stuff but if you if you look at the connection between pregnancy for women and hiv for for men who have sex with men, I see, to me, they've always been very connected. It's kind of like the ultimate punishment for being like loose. And it's the ultimate kind of like basis for the shame of like, oh, like that's gonna happen or this is gonna happen to you and you're gonna have to deal with the consequence of like living this way. And it's a lot of these ideas in me that I don't agree with but they are in me and they have control over me and I'm and I'm trying to work through them and I'm trying to like get to the next level but but during that time it, it really did have a lot of power over me and so
0: mm-hmm.
2: the pregnancy test for me is kind of like a nod to that and the kind of the, how much power that had over me specifically at that time
1: yeah, wow, that's powerful. And you know, that makes sense because I feel like um people who are like, you know, more sexually active in general, it's like um there's always this weird stigma about it. American culture is really strange whenever it comes to people who are just like sexually active and stuff. It's like it's a it's a weird fine line and stuff. And then like I I feel like um there's not enough discussion around experiences like yours like with this whole like this, this, fear, this possible, like karmic punishment for being yourself and, um, being able to yeah. be sexual period. And it's, it's wild. And that's an amazing detail that I hadn't thought through. And I love that you shared that. Thank you. And it's really neat to me how much, um, how much effort you put into like sharing experiences and thoughts like that in independent music because i mean you're doing this really awesome project um troubadour lounge from what you told me about it it's a monthly charity showcase that you do
0: Mm-hmm.
1: that's so awesome tell me more
2: so i started it in november 2018 yeah november 2018 and it's called the troubadour Lounge, and it's a yeah, it's a monthly queer singer-songwriter charity showcase. And I call it um, So Far Sounds mixed with Tiny Desk, but queer. And for me, the most important thing that it does is bring people together and raise money for anti-LGBTQIA Plus discrimination, and it goes to all these like charities that deal with that kind of work, and for people experiencing homelessness and, and stuff like that. It's it goes to the Ally Coalition, which is this nonprofit started by Jack Antonoff, where they have like concerts. But but yeah, I I, I started it because I got to New York, and I was like, okay, time to like be a rock star, and. No one, I couldn't find anyone. I was supposed to be working with these museums inspired by people. I was supposed to be in these communities. I just couldn't find anyone. I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I had an idea that they were there, but then it's, it's hard to connect to them. And, and I was like, you know what, instead of like being grumpy and like bitter that it's not coming to me, like why don't I just set it up myself? and invite everybody I want. And so I just kind of took all of the people that I've met in the music scene that I kind of had these like music crushes on. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Steve Dyson, one of my favorites. Um, And I just created this night in which I could connect to these musicians. Because I think like a little zooming out, like i think that we're experiencing an epidemic of loneliness and an epidemic of of mental illness and i think that specifically musicians and artists can really get caught in the loneliness and caught in all of the work you have to do and all of the money that you have to put into your craft and there is you know all of these tropes about like the depressed musician, the sad musician, the starving artist. And I don't th- think that it has to be that way. And I think that some of the best artists that we've had, they come from collectives. Mm-hmm. If you look at Odd Future with Frank Ocean, if you look at the troubadours of like the 60s and 70s, Carol King and Neil Young, like, Joni Mitchell, these people all knew each other. These people all worked with each other. And so the idea is is to take the troubadour tradition of the 60s and 70s, take the storytelling tradition, and update it with queer people because this is the first time in history where queer people can tell their own stories.
1: That's really special that you're able to do that, especially in New York, and really bring people together. And for an awesome organization too, to be able to kind of like showcase each other, support each other, and then being able to take funds and put them toward organizations that matter to you and your community is just crucial.
2: Yeah, it's really just like, it's fighting. You really get worn down being mm-hmm. a musician in New York City, you really get kind of, um, you don't feel really human. It's very dehumanizing a lot of the things that you go through. And I really want to create the most you new know, people say like no frills. Troubadour is like all frills. Like, <laughs> I want musicians, I don't care if you have a billion followers and you have three albums out and like you're the tits, or if you are someone that's just starting off and this is your first gig. Like I want you to feel spe- special. I want you to feel seen. I have a team that like writes custom bios for people. They go through their Instagram and they listen to their music. And they write, uh, his name is Brandon Roomaker. Uh, Shout out to Brando the Original on Instagram. But he writes these, like, really beautiful, intimate bios that make them feel seen. And I have someone else, Amanda Wu, who does the Instagram. And she creates these beautiful little drawings of them. Um, And I also invite the performers each month to my apartment before the show. And uh, we eat dinner together. And we're actually able to connect. We're actually able to to start building that community so kind of head in the clouds that I think like everyone's gonna become best friends from (laughs) one dinner and one, it's a step in the right direction. And I have seen these connections form because the alumni come to the shows and they meet other people. And I, I am seeing this community form that I started. And it is like, it it just brings me so much joy. The anniversary show that we had in November 2019, it was like a year anniversary. It was the 10th show. I invited alumni back to perform sets with each other. So like even people that hadn't met before, I was like, I don't know if you guys are going to cover stuff, if you're going to cover each other's music, or I don't know what you do. I just want you on stage at the same time. I want you guys to rehearse together, and I want you guys to connect. And that show was incredible.
1: Wow. What a great way to, like, bridge people together and kind of encourage that creativity, too.
2: Yeah, exactly. I want people something to lean on and to not get so bogged down and, and like so lonely by how, how difficult this path is
1: mm-hmm. that's so cool i love that you're setting the tone for that that's important especially whenever you are in like um a city that can kind of really challenge you in every way possible and stuff and the that kind of connectivity is going to sustain a lot of really awesome folks so that's really awesome what you're doing
2: thank you. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Well, it's awesome. Everything that you're going to keep doing, of course, with like Chibidor Lounge and stuff. Um, What else are you working on this year? Do you have any plans to release more music? And I mentioned EP earlier.
2: Yes. So I have plans for three EPs and they're going to be called Voicemails, Volume 1, 1, 2, 1, 3, um, because someone that like one of the first people I shared my music with when I was like like so nervous and self-conscious about it. She like said the nicest things to me about what she felt from it. And she said that my songs felt like personal voicemails Mm. that her friend had left her. And I was like, ah, shit, I love that. (laughs) So I'm gonna really try to get started on getting those out and honestly my plan right now is like i i left my job in march of 2019 and i was like something will happen and i left with a lot of hope but the reality is like i'm fucking broke dude (laughs) and (laughs) i'm really proud of what i've created um but at this point like i can't record stuff because i can't a Florida studio and I can't mix and master it because I can't pay anyone to do that. And I I have to start like thinking about like my rent and stuff. And it's a, it's um it's something that I'm like, this is this is my reality. Like this is how this game works. Like if you want to continue with this stuff, like you gotta go back to work. And and I'm like doing my interviews right now. So my plan is to like con my way into some company <laughs> um get there make some bank and really now that I've finally built up like my self-confidence and my ability to actually release things just fucking go ham because I have these songs and I'm finally at the point where I don't want to hide them I'm proud of them and I want to get some money Go to the studio, get that mix and master, and just bam, 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 get these three EPs out, and give people something to hold on to. Because I think that, of course, I want more people listening to me, and I and I want more things to grow. But I need to put something out for some for people to hold on to before I can expect that to happen
1: right wow that's powerful and i really hope that you get every opportunity that comes your way hope you get an awesome job and you're able to just like crush it because i'm i i'm really impacted by the music that you have right out there just right now and i'm stoked for even more that's for sure
0: thank you so much
1: yeah of course um so like i have before we started recording you and i kind of were talking about some interesting stuff like um the whole idea of, like, the future of music and, like, the landscape for, like, independent music and, like, pop and all this other stuff. Um, I kind of wanted to hear from you a little bit more on that. Like, um, kind of talk about maybe what you're seeing and what your vision is for that. Because, I mean, 2020 is a big year. There's a lot of stuff that's possible. And I feel like people are getting really inventive and creative right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I i'm very optimistic and i'm very excited for for what is happening like i feel like like in, in broadway shows like there are um, like set changes between scenes mm-hmm. and everything is kind of like it's a magnet so like everything kind of like swirls around on stage and then moves away for the scene to start and i feel like the swirling is happening right now and it has been happening and Things are about to pull away and just be perfect. The best, most authentic kind of music. And I think what what is changing in the world is that the barrier to entry is plummeting. You know, people, anyone can put stuff out, anyone can make music, anyone can download Logic and get a microphone for $25 from Amazon. So we are able to hear so many more voices that never were allowed to speak before again you have to acknowledge that there's just so much it's it's hard for something to come out of that kind of like the whirlwind of voices but you know if they try hard enough and they and they work hard enough like you can get there um and it's like we don't need anybody to give us permission anymore right and the idea is I feel like in the past, all of these voices that had something to say that that, that were, you know, queer or or women or like these like uh, underprivileged voices, they were just kept down. There was no way for them to to, to come out through all the noise. And there was a stranglehold put on me, but because the landscape is open for these voices to be able to put their stuff out there, I think that what people want is also changing if you look at the pop stars of like the 2000s they weren't really they weren't that three-dimensional you know like your Britney and everyone like they were kind of these like pop icons they weren't really people even like in the 80s like Madonna like Madonna wasn't a person Madonna wasn't your friend the younger crowd people want authenticity. authenticity is cool authenticity Mm -hmm. people want to actually be able to connect to you and and understand you and I mean of course I love the whole icon thing as well but (laughs) like as much as things are messed up right now I think that a lot of things are going in a really good direction and for like music like mine that is pretty can be pretty explicit can be um you know from a perspective
1: it's really it's really cool how like in um in music right now i I like how when you were kind of starting to talk about um how there's really not as much of a barrier of entry anymore and like people are kind of pushing you back against that barrier like uh before we started recording actually i was reading an article about how like um I think it might've been like P. Diddy or somebody was saying about how like the Grammy stuff basically and how like it's not friendly to like black voices and like people of color and so establishment and the fact that there are people who are in positions of power that are even pushing back against that is pretty cool and like that there are independent people out there who could be making really awesome music out of their bedroom and like blossom into stardom at some point is just amazing and people can find the music that connects with them individually so like you know there there are people out there that are looking for and will find like prince johnny music for example and that's going to be what helps them and what connects with them and then you know they might find like this indie band from like ohio that's going to speak to them in that way and stuff and it's so cool and it's really special that that exists now and that authenticity is really going to be the key to it at this point because i think we're surrounded by so much like bullshit and like what's real what's Mm -hmm. fake and the authenticity is going to be like what connects with people and what makes stuff stand out these days Uh, did i lose you
2: like i was scary Oh, yeah, I, I heard. I heard everything you said.
1: Okay, awesome. <laughs>
2: cool. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I I feel like like people tell me like, oh, like I can't believe you're not afraid to like say all of these things about you and da present yourself. Like, I am scared. <laughs> <laughs> like it does, It hurts a lot, a lot of the time. But I also understand that I I don't have a choice. Like. Like I have to tell the truth because people can feel when you're not and it's just not going to cut it anymore, you know, it's, it's not going to cut it anymore. And like, and ultimately that's how we connect. And it's like, I, I, yeah, I feel, I feel very lucky to be alive right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's crucial. And like, honestly, um, you're right. People totally can tell when you're not being yourself. And like, I feel as if, yeah, it's so freaking capitalistic to say this, but it's like who you are can be your brand and like how you stand out in a sea of really awesome people out there making music. It's like, this is how you'll stand out to that one person who needs to hear your music.
2: yeah yes and I think the the battle the battle is like going away from focusing on the person in your mind that's gonna judge you or like think you're stupid or weird or like too gay and
0: refocusing on you be yourself
2: because that makes them happy and and that validates them being themselves and it's something it's like a it, it really is it's a daily battle for me um but it's so much better than when I was just too scared to do anything when I was hiding
1: well I think that I as a listener and everybody who listens to your music and who will listen to your music will be that much better for seeing you, for who you are, and how you want to present yourself, and it's, it, it's awesome, so, and I'm so excited to see more and more people embrace that, that's for sure.
2: Thank you, yeah, I, I'm seeing that little by little, and I'm, like, allowing myself to get more and more excited every and, um, and, and honestly, like, thank you, like, thank you for for, t- for like helping me elevate my message and thank you for all of the other voices that you have elevated and all of the work you put into this. You know, Tr- Troubadour and what you do have a pretty s- similar message and I really value you putting in the work and effort for this kind of thing.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. That's all I want to do is just elevate voices and see how many people we can get out there that, you know, are really putting in the work and get them heard by more people. So, frick yeah. I love to hear that. Um, (laughs) So, uh, I always like to throw in a really fun question at the end of recording here. And I feel like you're going to have some really awesome answers for me. Um, If you could play a show with any band or artist, they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead who would it be
2: perfume genius god i'd love to
1: that would be awesome
0: yeah
1: you got two more for me
2: (laughs) yeah i have two more well i'm like i'm very like i'm very like uh Taurus in in the way that I like I always know who my top three favorite musicians are <laughs> I'll be like I'm like and then I asked people I was like who is, who's your top three and they're like what do you mean top three I'm like oh uh oh
0: <laughs> so
2: Perfume Genius yeah Perfume Genius is my favorite and then um Mitski and then St. Vincent
1: Ooh, that's an awesome lineup. Well, I feel like if you, you just keep putting in the work and your music keeps spreading, this kind of shit could happen for you. So I'm sending every possible vibe into the universe for you.
2: Yeah, well, honestly, that's the that's the other thing. Like, it's so much smaller than I ever thought. Like, the, um, in Perfume Genius, Mike Hadrius, um, Alan is his, boyfriend and also in the band and um he he did uh like one of my comments on instagram so so it's pretty much i'm pretty much already playing with them
1: (laughs) you're so close (laughs) that's so awesome well i hope it happens for you. you that's so awesome well i hope these things happen for you for sure um Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, Victor. Uh, Where can everybody keep up with you, Prince Johnny and even Troubadour Lounge on the internet?
0: Um, The best
2: place would be Instagram actually. Um, uh, The best place for Troubadour Lounge and Prince Johnny would be Instagram. So uh, Prince Johnny is uh, at princejohnny.mp3. And the Troubadour Lounge is at the Troubadour Lounge. And you can go to my website, princejohnny.com. Also, shout out to my budding Patreon. If you want to support me and my mission with the Troubadour Lounge, that would be sick.
1: That's awesome. Well, everybody, please go follow Victor on all his awesome projects. And if you got a couple bucks, check him at that Patreon. That sounds awesome. Cool. Thanks so much for joining.
0: at the void mist Let's jump in the boy's bliss Let's breathe in the noise kiss Let's soak in the blackness Let's fall from Take turns in cinders Let's punish these pillows Let's be bumbly bimbos Let's forgive our fathers Let's forsake our all Let's wait for our water Let's disappoint our dog Until yesterday Let's mold our faces like clay Pretend that we're too cool to pray Pretend that I don't wanna stay Let's look for the answer Be my tiny dancer Be my frozen ember Be my broken ladder
1: Prince Johnny. Thank you so much to Victor for reaching out and sharing so many personal elements to his songwriting and everything he's working on. Stay tuned for his EP and be sure to support the Troubadour Lounge in person if you're in New York or on social media. It's a cool project and honestly we need to have more spaces like it. That's it for this week but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. For more news, thoughts, feels, or just all the podcast episodes, please visit angrygirlmusic.com. If you're interested in pledging your support on Patreon, please feel free to visit the website or at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Every patron gets a shout out on the website and the pod and more. So thank you to the following monthly patrons, Molly, Carly, Kendra, and Sam. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry, and work on finding your creative voice.